Hello, folks. This is Kevin's Podcast Show. I am your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm a paramedic, podcaster, prognosticator, prophet, prodigy, and your purveyor of hardcore podography. With three ex-wives and three ex-houses, I am the foremost authority on all things asshole-related. Welcome to the suck. All right, folks, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl! Patriots versus Rams. I don't really care. Don't really care about either one of those teams. So, I guess I'm going to go with Patriots by 12 over the Rams. That's my prediction. We're about 30 minutes away from kickoff. And so, we're going to do a little podcast real quick and get that taken care of. And I got a couple of little things to go over today, and like I said, we're in our mobile studios, so uh, I don't have all the sound effects and that sort of thing in the intros, and I like all those things. I usually like to try to put them in, but not today, not not today. So, we're going to get off with a little article here about why we talk the way we talk in the South. Stand by for that one. This is Season 2. Episode 16, and we are coming to you from our mobile studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's right before the big game. Uh, had an opportunity to come down here, so here I am. And it's been pretty raucous this weekend. A lot of uh, partying and that sort of thing going on. Might have done a little bit of that, that myself, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, I want to let you all know that, again, we are sponsored by Anchor Podcast App. If you've ever wanted to start your own podcast and maybe want to talk about how to fold towels, well, then get the Anchor Podcast App. It's free, 100% free. It's easy to use, and they answer all the questions for you. All right. Let me give a shout-out to Drew McSalty and his podcast, The Shift Enders. Also, I want to... Give a shout-out to Jason Albert on YouTube. I want to, uh, let's see, Tyler Cassidy on YouTube. And don't forget, Weird Tennessee on Facebook. Okay. All right, let's move right along. I've got an article about how come we talk the way we talk in Appalachia. And whoever wrote this uh, particular article really struck a nerve with me because a lot of the things they were saying is the exact same things that happened to me. They talk about going to college, and I'm going to read the article to you, but they talk about going to college for the first time, right straight out of the holler, so to speak, and people making fun of them for the way they talk. And she talks about, uh, I think it's a she, talks about um, being made fun of for calling it a wash rag with an R, like we say, but... Uh, the one I got made fun of was for saying alcohol instead of alcohol. And I just heard it all my life, alcohol. I didn't know that it was supposed to be any other way. I didn't know. All right, well, let's read this article. All right, stand by, folks. It's, it's a little unwieldy. I'm doing this on my mobile phone from the mobile studios, so... All right, Appalachian English, why we say warshrag and low tar. So, that's true. The world I knew as a kid is far different from that of most children. However, at the time, I had no idea. I thought that every child had grandfathers who were coal miners, uh, 
And that's true. My grandfather was a coal miner, a father who had bucket fed orphan calves. And if you grew up on a farm and knew anything about it, you'd see these uh, galvanized buckets with little nipples at the bottom of it. Yeah, we did that too. A grandmother who spoke about Jesus as though she knew him personally and I believe my grandmother did. A mother who wasn't aboard for, above forcing her disobedient son to snap a green branch from the wheel tree out in front yard. That's right. Go get me a switch, boy. Anyway, I grew up in Appalachia, and Appalachia was all I knew. It was not until I reached the golden age of 18 and moved away to college in a distant city that I slowly began to realize just how unique and wonderful my life's experience had been compared to so many others. My first day of living in the freshman dormitory, I evoked the laughter of the entire floor when I used the word washrag to describe the newly purchased washcloths my mother had included in my bag of necessities. Mine, <clears throat> one of the things that I was made fun of was I had, there was a group of guys there and I said, hey, I'm gonna go downstairs and get a Coke. And the guy said, I said, I says, anybody want one? The guy says, yeah. And I said, what kind of Coke do you want? And he looked at me like my head was on fire because, you know, what kind of Coke do you want? And when I was a kid, everything was called a Coke and you just had to, uh, tell them what it was. Didn't matter if it's a Pepsi, Mountain Dew or whatever, it's still a Coke. So anyway, uh, in the world that I came to at, let's see. In the world, then I came to age in. That's what we were called. That was the only thing that they were called. The Warshrag. In the days and weeks and years that followed, I would be, I would one by one learn that the way we spoke as a child was far different than how most others talked. 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 T-A-W-K-E-D. Talked. To my astonishment, I discovered that Mountain Holler was actually spelled and pronounced hollow. I also faced criticism for pronouncing wire as war, fire as far, and tired as tarred. Through the years, my classmates, teachers, and employee, employers have all attempted to either correct my pronunciations or berate me for speaking this way. However, I have since learned to be proud of my Appalachian English and that there are many linguistic experts who have come to our defense in recent years. There is a predominant theory that those of us raised in the hills and hollers of Appalachia were raised to speak differently than the rest of the nation due to the isolation the mountains provided. This isolation protected the English dialect from the same type of corruption it experienced in many other more populous places, making our dialect one of the most ancient dialects in the nation. While our highbrow relatives who moved to the big city lost their accents, may frown upon our words and pronunciation, it is believed that Appalachian dialect is a remnant of Elizabethan English. An evidence of this is to use the words such as afeard, a Shakespearean word that is largely forgotten by most English speakers outside of the Appalachian region. Appalachian English also places an er sound at the end of a word with a long o, for example. Example, hollow, a small sheltered valley, is pronounced holler. Other examples are potato, pronounced tater, tomato, pronounced mater, and tobacco, pronounced backer. That's true. All this is very true. 
Uh, H retention occurs at the beginning of certain words as well. It, in particular, is pronounced hit at the beginning of a sentence. And also emphasize the word ain't as pronounced haint. Now, I never did that much, but I've heard a lot of people do that. The noun grease is pronounced with an S, but this consonant is turned into a Z in the adjective in the verb to grease something. That's true, because we used to say you got to grease it. Grease it. You got to grease it. I never thought about that one, but that's true. If you're fluent in Appalachian English, be proud and do not allow society to rob you of incredibly rich and wonderful heritage. Keep saying Warshrag. So that's a pretty good little article right there. I like it a lot. That is from um, Appalachian Magazine. So you can Google Appalachian Magazine, but I think it's AppalachianMagazine.com. And uh, this article came out November the 9th, 2018, if you want to give it a read. All right. All right. Uh, well, let's move on, and uh, the big game's about to start. So I got just a couple more things to say, and then we're going to get out of here for this episode. All right, don't forget that yesterday was Groundhog's Day, and according to Puxatawney Phil, the groundhog in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, we will have a shortened winter season. Two weeks shorter, so we've only got four more weeks of winter instead of, or six more weeks of winter instead of eight, or ever how it goes, supposed to be. He saw his shadow, went back in his hole, so evidently we're, we're not supposed to uh, have such a bad winter. All right, now what we're doing now is uh, we're about to watch the kickoff of the Super Bowl. I'm going to turn a little volume up here and see if y'all can hear it. And uh, I'm just going to talk about it for a few minutes. We're going to do the rest of the podcast uh, up until the kickoff and then see what happens from there. Right now, they're showing a color guard from all the military, which is nice. That's nice. That's only happening about, uh, I'm about six miles, seven miles away from the stadium, so I'm right there at it, but I've decided I'm not going to go out into some kind of bar and try to watch the show or anything like that because it's just going to be chaos out there, and I'm not really part of chaos, you know. So Gladys Knight of Gladys Knight and the Pips fame, is going to sing, I guess, the National Anthem or America the Beautiful. I'm not sure. We're off. Wow. She has such a nice voice. And still a nice-looking lady. She's got to be way older. Gladys Knight. Let me look her up. I'll tell you how old she is. beautiful lady Gladys Knight is seventy four wow she's seventy four if it's picking up her voice or not if you can hear it in the background but uh, 
she's really got a strong voice to be 74 years old. Incidentally, um, I just bought an album from Loretta Lynn about, mm, I don't know, it's been three or four months ago she came out with a new album, and she's in her 80s, and her voice is still amazingly strong, so that's pretty cool. Um, but you've got all the players standing around looking there all being respectful. I don't see any of them kneeling, so that's good. Thank goodness for that, because uh, it's not really the place for it, you know. If you, if you want to protest something, don't do it while you're at work. You're, it'd be like, it, it, them kneeling at the football games would be the equivalent of a newscaster coming out and kneeling on the camera before they started uh, doing the news broadcast. These are entertainers. It's their job. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm glad to see that. I, don't, I haven't seen anybody kneeling. If they did, they did, they avoided it completely, which was probably a good idea, because I'm sure it pisses a lot of people off. Oh, there's the, uh, I guess it's the Blue Angels. All right, the coin toss is coming up, and it's going to be the uh, uh, first commercial. Wow, that's a good shot of those jets flying over. It's really cool. All right, first um, commercial is about. A TV about a movie, about a, a kid's movie, as a matter of fact. That's an odd thing to be playing at the Super Bowl, but okay, whatever. Um, I, I don't know who's going to win, and I don't even really know how the matchup comes out, but I'm just going to go with uh, the Patriots and Tom Brady, like I said before, because, well, they've been there a million times, so I guess that's what we'll do, but anyway. All right. Kickoff is coming up. Stand by for that one. All right. It is time for the coin toss. We're going to get into the coin toss, and then we'll get into the kickoff maybe. Uh, I don't know. Oh, boy. Congressman John Lewis is out there. And I guess these are people are coming from Atlanta. I guess they're all from Atlanta. Ambassador Andrew Young. I think, I don't, I don't remember who he was ambassador to, but he wasn't ambassador. He's retired since, but they always get to carry that title. They may as well have to carry that title because, well, they're going to get paid for the rest of their lives. So why not? All right, everybody's shaking hands and being cool. Everybody's being cool and nice right now, but, you know, it's going to change. Whenever the Super Bowl starts, just saying. All right, now is it going to be heads or tails, folks? How do you bet? I'm going with heads because it's been heads more than it's been tails and all this time. So we're going to see what it is. Heads or tails? What do you think? What do you think? Huh? Huh? They have to explain what the coin is because it's commemorative. It's not like a quarter. Or even a silver dollar. It's a commemorative coin. Oh, Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter is doing the coin toss. Oh, it's tails. I lost. All right, so New England's going to receive the ball and the Rams are going to kick off. That's how it's going to get started, so... Well, 
So we're on our way to the big game, to the Super Bowl. 26 seconds, I think, until the kickoffs. Uh, well, that's what the clock said. I'm sure there's some other kind of timer because they're going to have to cram in about 75 different commercials. Oh, Lord. Stand by for this one. Avengers Endgame. Looks really good. Coming in April. I'm excited for that one. Alright. Alright. Uh, I'm going to get off here. This might be a little bit shorter than 21 minutes, but I've given you a little more than 21 minutes every time, so... Anyway, I'm going to hop off here, folks, and uh, watch the game and tell you all thank you again for listening. We're coming from the mobile studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you so much for listening to Kevin's podcast show. We are available on uh, the Apple podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you can get podcasts, you can get my podcast. Also, for, don't forget my buddy Drew McSalty. His podcast show is... Uh, Shift Enders talks about EMS, emergency medical services, and uh, being a paramedic and that sort of thing. And I've I've got the feels for that one. Uh, Tyler Cassidy and uh, Jason Albert TV on YouTube, and don't forget Weird Tennessee on Facebook. Okay, I'm gonna get out of here, folks. And this is just how this thing's gonna end. So I guess um, I'll be back in my regular studio. Should be tomorrow, and so there'll be a regular show and. And hopefully it'll be uh, better, but right now we're just going to end.